Welcome to Unstacking the Data Tory, where we're following Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks on the road to Wembley 1981 and one of the most watched wrestling matches of all time with 18 million people watching. This week, we're heading to the 1978 FA Cup final day show. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? The main events at the Wembley Arena, we will be seeing Giant Haystacks versus Big Daddy. What will you be doing to Big Daddy? Well, Kent, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do to him. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do to him. The time has come. No tag matches. When Ace Ducks and Daddy clutch on the mat. And the ring. He's 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 We shall not be moved because we are not finished yet. So how are you this week, Dan? I'm doing good, mate. Doing good. It's uh, still making my way through that Adnams broadside before we get into the drinking side of things, but I've got something else lined up. Uh, but it's FA Cup final day. I thought I'd start early. You know, I need to uh, need to get in the mood, have a couple of slackness and whatnot. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. We've donned our uh, suits and uh, walked the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the famous uh, turf of uh, Wembley Stadium. For the cup final, and uh, we're not at all doing anything that was filmed in Croydon a month earlier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a guest returning for uh, the second week in a row, haven't we? Yeah, glutton for punishment. Sitting through, uh, sitting through was waffling on again. We've got Tack with us. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing really good. It's not glutton for punishment. I've turned up for some uh, some classic British wrestling, so there isn't anything. There's there's no breadcrumb trail that's going to get me following it more than that. <laughs> no, I didn't mean the I didn't mean the wrestling was the uh, was the torture, but yeah, no, it's, it's great to have you along, mate. It's, uh, Rob's absolutely relieved to have somebody with some knowledge on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, superb, superb! So you mentioned uh, that you'd carried on uh, some of the drinks from last week, Dan. So uh, you must be uh, having as much trouble getting through them as that Bridge House landlady you had that time. But <laughs> it's not quite gone green yet, though. So. <laughs> Oh, not a woman who worked in a pub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which brewery was it again? It was Bridge House. Yeah, Bridge House. It was it was a good beer, even when it went off. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I'm still on the Adams Broadside, and then I've got a bottle of Hobgoblin Gold beer uh, for afterwards, four point two percent, and it's Hobgoblin, so you know it's half decent. Yeah, excellent, excellent. I uh, like a bit of Hobgoblin, probably from uh, that year that my dad won a year supply. <laughs> that'd do it <laughs> yeah. uh, so are you drinking tack yeah i've um 
since the last episode, not to break kayfabe too much, but we've just carried on straight through. Um, I'm just about to finish the last bottle of whiskey I was on, so I'm going to crack open uh, a Craigalachy or Craigalachy now, which is a nice 13 year old space side. And then I've also got a bottle that I've been saving, but I think it's probably going to get cracked today. Is a uh, Glengarriock uh, Founders Reserve 21 year old, which is a uh, a really uh a really fine whiskey that's a, a little bit of a treat but i've had a hard week so i'm watching some old wrestling and drinking some beautiful whiskey Super. sounds perfect excellent i'm starting on quiro which is a chilean session ipa at four percent so it's, it's quite drinkable actually yeah. and chilean, um, chilean something different yeah, yeah. Well, I've had quite a few Chilean beers recently because they did a Chilean beer on a uh, box on Bay Fifty Two. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going over to Brave Noise Pale Ale, which is a collaboration between Arctic Brew and Tartarus Beers. And if you want to drink Tartarus Beers, you can log on to tartarusbeers.co.uk, put in the promo code UTT Podcast fifteen, and get fifteen percent off. Yeah, you can. Damn fine beers they are too. And uh, at time of recording, we're just a uh, a few days away from hopefully going to the uh, the Tartarus Tap Room, aren't we, Rob? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be good. That'll be good. Then after that, I have a Black Isles Highlights Organic Light Ale. So I've had a few stouts from this brewery, but uh, yeah, that should be interesting. We'll give it a go. Sounds good. Yeah, superb. So, as I say, the show that we're covering today is uh, goes out on um, the 6th of May, 1978. So I thought I'd have a quick scan of the papers and see if there was any wrestling-related news at the time. And if we jump over to um, the newsletter, Ulster's newspaper, there's a, a regular segment where they're interviewing people of uh, interest uh, with, uh, with stories. And uh, this week, it's Meet Big Jim, a parking attendant from Ballymena, who claims to have knocked out Big Daddy and Idi Amin. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. He's had two fights in his life and he's knocked out Big Daddy and Idi Amin. I mean, he's five foot two if he's an English <laughs> guy. But they interviewed him. What, what a featherweight. Yeah, yeah. yeah he claims he knocked out Idi Amin when he was 18. And uh, yeah. when, when, when he was 18 or when Idi Amin was 18? Oh, when Idi Amin was 18. Right. <laughs> that's fucking ridiculous. What that, a way to get in the paper. That's somebody who either is just banking on their bullshit being so much bullshit that people just have to believe it because there's no way anyone would be able to lie that badly or he did it yeah. you've got to remember that this is 1978 and there's no internet <laughs> and he's in Northern Ireland so it's pretty unlikely I mean our big daddy are going to hear about it <laughs> <laughs> who would you rather fight big daddy or do you mean well, as long as I don't have to fight Big Jim the parking attendant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, drinking the drinking the both over parking tickets as well. Uh, well, he says it's when he was boxing in the army. So oh, right. I yeah. think I could take Forrest Whitaker, and Forrest Whitaker played in the army, so I reckon I could take in the army. <laughs> Six degrees of separation. Yeah, that's logic, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely logic. 
that. It might not be sound logic, but it is logic. Who would play Big Jim from Ballymena in the film? Liam Neeson. Yeah. Colin Farrell. He did play. He did play a good role as the coach in The Gentleman. Yeah, he did. There you go. Mm. He's got a bit of a look of if he shaved daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is not the way I expected to start this show. It's not, but since we are already in the uh, newsletter, we will go and see if there's any jobs uh, in the Dan does the job section of the show. I'm uh, not taking. I'm not taking a. I'm not taking a, a big daddy in person here in Ireland. <laughs> you know, you know, we know for a fact the Ballymena parking attendant jobs sewn up, but in the 1970s, they didn't respect. respect um, protected characteristics so even though Dan and Tack are qualified for any job that they might apply for if they don't meet any of the protected characteristics requirements such as age gender marital status uh, then they they can't have the job unfortunately because it's the 1970s and once they've uh, gone past the job if they don't take it they can't go back and because they're both going for this uh, these jobs in a competitive job market if one of them takes a job, the other one can't. So, you know, you have to jump in and uh, get that job quick, sharp. Otherwise, you might be fighting it out over it, as happened last week. Yeah, no job sharing here. We, I, uh, I think I got a bit lucky last week with just by virtue of having a driver's license. Can we not do like they're doing Step Brothers, where we both apply for one job? time machine and living in Northern Ireland. <laughs> All right, so the first job is for Belfast City Council in the Environmental Health Department. It's an authorised meat inspector. <laughs> Does it, is this another way of saying masseuse from last week? <laughs> oh, no, this, this is on the up and up. Uh, a salary between £3,395 or £4,214 a year, inclusive that's, of supplements. That's not bad for the time. No, not at all. Applicants must hold one meat inspection qualification, uh, as laid down by the meat inspection regulations of Northern Ireland. I uh, do, I do have an NVQ in food safety. Well, there you go. That that would probably do. Duties of a authorised meat inspector to carry out meat inspections. No shit. <laughs> Associated duties, <laughs> duties at Belfast and Belfast meat plant. <laughs> The meat plant operates between 7.55 and 5.25, which is really weird, on Monday to Thursday, <laughs> and 7.55 to 1.30 on Fridays. Okay, so Friday afternoon's off. Yeah. I think, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, although I'm I don't have it. a... Wait, 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 wait. I don't have a meat inspection qualification, but I do have a butchery qualification, so I feel like I'm more qualified for this job. Well, well Dan jumped in there first, though, Tack. This oh, is... No. Oh, I'm going to no. end up as a model again, aren't I? Well, <laughs> <laughs> the next job, could you... Be a... from that one already. Yeah. <laughs> the next job, could you be a prison officer? Okay. The, the job includes supervising prisoners, escorting them to court, receiving visitors, whatever that means. <laughs> Masseuse. That sounds like your meat inspector job. <laughs> the job, <laughs> you get to work with people. Although these people are in prison, <laughs> uh, and you, you have a you have a daily routine, and the salary is over four thousand pounds. 
I don't. I don't think. I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'm qualified for uh, being on that side of the bars. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. The next job is a production manager. It's a company that produces high-class men's woolen fabrics, and they're looking for a manager to control the production of yarn, warping, and weaving and finishing process. The successful applicants for the um, efficiency production with a large range of woolen fabrics maintaining quality standards. That sounds fucking boring, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried what's next, but I don't want that one either. I don't want that one. Uh, it does say a good salary, but there's no, no mention. So the next one, it's uh, with the housing executive and it's a security officer. Salary between £4,137 and £4,407, which I think could be the highest we've had for any of these jobs. Good money. You'll be responsible to the security advisor for implementing security policies in the headquarters of uh, the building and general um, administration of fire equipment, doing inspection and servicing of equipment at the premises. Successful candidates will be Responsible for fire standing orders, fire drills, instructions, deputising, security advisor in their absence. I think that's just vague enough that I could probably blag it, so I'll take that one. <laughs> Super. Super. Well, I'll just see what, see what you've passed on. You've passed on a senior accounts clerk, and that, well, I can let you know now since you've passed on it, that uh, was for someone aged over 22. That had a good knowledge of accounting practices, uh, salary control, reconciliation, PA, YE. That had a salary of 2623 70 Oh, uh, so I that's think that, a weird, That's a weird amount. Yeah, so I think that was probably the lowest paid one, but you've uh, both rejected that one. So even though you would have qualified for it. So if you just go back to the start for the meat man job. I'm starting to feel like I've done myself. <laughs> You know what, Dan? You've done really well because there are no requirements. You are now an authorised meat inspector. <laughs> oh, two weeks in a row, just what I've always wanted to do. I'll be around tomorrow to get my meat inspected. <laughs> I already know enough about yours, mate. <laughs> ten out of ten. Prime quality. So, the prison officer job, you've got to be aged between 21 and 45, and 5 foot 7 or over. <laughs> oh, I had that covered. I'd have been alright there. The production manager, yeah, no one went for this job. Uh, was looking for people aged over 30. That'd have been all right. Yeah, that'd have been all right there too. And the security officer, ages between 35 and 45. Yep, got that. I'm all right. There you go. There you go. So you've both got a job this week. Yay! Hey. The icebergs of 70s employment law. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, it, it does feel a lot easier when you're a, when you when you're a bloke in your thirties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely nuts. I love having those little uh, those little forays into the employment market, though. It's just ridiculous. I felt like less pitfalls this week than last. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. The, the only problem you have is the, the where you have to park for work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the only modelling job I could have was gloves, but I cut my finger really bad this morning, so I couldn't even fucking do that. Really as long as you don't bleed through them. <laughs> <Really> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a main feature of this glove is it absorbs blood really well. <laughs> so uh, we'll put the newspapers down and nip over to the Radio Times and TV Times of the day to uh, see what was on the same day as this, as well as the FA Cup final between Arsenal and Ipswich, that this was part of the build for. Over on must the t- nothing else. Over on the TV Times, you'll never guess who was on the cover of the TV Times. Eric Markham. One of the biggest names in professional wrestling, the one man in Brit Rest that Tony Khan utterly fears, Dennis Waterman. Yes. The Don himself. Yeah, beating AEW in the ITV Far Wars. <laughs> Still to this day. Oh, God. That's hysterical. I did the Google Trends earlier between Tony Khan and Dennis Waterman. And the only place that um, Tony Khan beat Dennis Waterman in the last 12 months was like just a tiny ring in Tokyo. I thought you were going to say Colombia. Yeah. Dennis Waterman there on the cover of um, the TV Times. In terms of other stuff that's on ITV in the day, there's uh, Celebrity Squares. Oh, good. Not well. bad. Don't like Yeah. Vaguely remember Celebrity Squares. Kenny Everett was on it. So that would have been good. Willie Rushton, Barbara Windsor, Bob Monkhouse. Oh, God, Bob Monkhouse. Bloody hell. Yeah. Legend. And Barbara Windsor, to be fair. Oh, yeah, I love a bit of Babs. Yeah, that would, that would have been fantastic. Carry on camping, that was my sexual awakening as a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and this week on Too Much Information. <laughs> Just a little coincidence here, but the late night film on ITV is called The Outsiders, so I don't know if that was starring Harlan Nash. dun 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 <laughs> so that was the Wolfpack theme tune I was doing there but anyway it stands so let's just have a quick look and see what was on BBC on the same day uh, oh uh, it was Rolf Harris on Saturday oh god yeah it's yeah. moving swiftly on moving very swiftly on and then in the evening oh I forgot to mention on ITV um, the reason Dennis Waterman was on the cover of the TV clans at 7 o'clock there was um, a Dennis Waterman variety show with a little help from his friends where Dennis Waterman was singing uh, classic hits. Oh, fair enough. You'd have yeah. been, been all over that. Yeah, yeah, that would have, have been great. Kojak was on in the evening. Nice. Bit Very good. A great deal on in the evening on BBC Two, unless you want to watch The Open University. Uh, we do get an episode of MASH. <laughs> Tom's for... <laughs> Well, what, what what more do you need after after like the drama and the majesty of the FA Cup? It, well, uh, then you Dennis Waterman. <laughs> and Dennis Waterman, yeah. Right, sure, yeah. yeah. Right, so the first match we're going to watch from uh, this Cup Final Day show is uh, Mick McManus versus Kung Fu. We'll put the link in the description. And if you're ready to start, we'll give you a countdown. Yeah, ready to go. Three, two, one, go. Oh, that's... Nothing's actually moving on my... Uh... Yeah, mine either. I think that's just Oh, the there start. it goes. There you go, yeah. It, kick, yeah, it kicks <laughs> in, in a little bit. So, so I think with these, we end up with more than actually went out on TV, because I think these are from the original recordings, and then they got put in. So Look at that hair on McManus. 
Absolutely. His Lego hair firmly clicked in place. <laughs> <laughs> so Kung Fu's already lost its mask by this point. So not getting a masked wrestler. I'm looking at this, it's taken from the wrestling channel. Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, so this is one that went out later on. You could you could mine some absolute beautiful stuff off the wrestling channel for a little while. Mm. I never took advantage of it when it was on. That's a hell of a pop for Kung Fu. Well, did you hear what they announced for Kung Fu just before the end there? No, I've had to do some tweaking with the uh, with the audio on my end. So they announced that Kendo and um, Kendo Nagasaki will be forming a new tag team with uh, Kung Fu. Oh wow! I think the pop was kind of for the uh, kendo rub as well. Fair enough. If we were doing the awards like we do on UTT, Mick McManus would be all over the uh, the Tory Wilson Award. Uh, I don't know. Kung Fu's got a pretty decent head of hair. Have you yeah, seen... he's got Lego. <laughs> it looks like a haystack. He is, Dan. Uh, no, I didn't quite catch who that was. It's T-Boss Sislax. Hey. He so was brilliant. If, uh, if anything gets out of hand, we might get some uh, Sislax specials. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll have some of that. He was brilliant earlier on in the series. Yeah, man, it's going from Kung Fu there. Yeah, he's going in hard, just on the off there. Kung Fu still in the full pyjamas. I love it. <laughs> Sorry, the gee is it called? Yeah, and Mick McManus in tiny blue pants that look about a size too small. So Mick McManus um, had been the booker for a, a very long time uh, for Dale Martin. So uh, I think he was in fifteen Cup Final Day shows or something. Yeah, I remember you saying about that. Oh, he's got McManus's ears, not the ears. <laughs> Well, that's, that's, what that's what unclicks the Lego. Yeah. <laughs> if you twist both his ears at the same time, his, his head pops off. The top of his head pops off. <laughs> I just love Mick McManus has that, like, he's got that, like, dad wrestling style. Where it's just, it just, he's going about his day and he just happens to be sorting someone out at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've kind of seen that before you've probably seen it more than me working in a pub but when I was like 18, 19 my old local one there was a kid kicking off one night he was about 21 but he'd already been put on his ass three times by the, by, by the by the landlord and he was still spouting off in front of the pub and you know giving it any man any man and <laughs> this old fella Smudge walks out 60, year, 60 odd year old this kid's like 20 and got about six inches on him in height and Smudger just three punches had him on his ass. And the, and the kid got dragged off by his missus, telling him he'd already he'd already embarrassed himself enough. The guy that knocked him out wasn't a parking attendant from Balamina, was he? No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually he was actually one of the nicest blokes going. Just don't fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was, was great from Kung Fu. Yeah. I've started to think he might be legit, not just a gimmick. 
I, I like that we clarified there, unmasked Kung Fu, because he used to wear a mask in the ring. <laughs> Pretty well, lucky boy from Belfast. Well, he is from Belfast, so, so maybe <laughs> he was a parking attendant. <laughs> El Hio del parking attendant. Yeah. He's so quick, Kung Fu, which you're yeah. not used to seeing in uh, 1978 wrestling. And especially with McManus. Oh, he's got both ears. He's just throwing him by the ears. <laughs> he's really risking that Barnet. Yeah, he definitely yeah. He stands out Kung Fu. He's got a very different style to anyone else around his time. Like he, every time he works, he's impressive compared to like, just his, like you say, his speed. And he's really technical as well. He's one of those who I'd, I'd be interested to see in, you know, if you could take someone out of the out of that era and put them in the modern era to see how they'd come up against it because he's got the speed. He's, he looks to have the athleticism. It's it's whether he'd adapt. You don't see it. I was about, well, I was about to say you don't see anyone wrestling in their pyjamas anymore, but Speedball Mike Bailey does, doesn't he? No, he, he, takes the, uh, he takes the gear off. Oh, he takes the top half off, does he? Yeah, yeah. He, he still wrestles in no shoes. Bare feet and kick pads. Yeah. It upsets me, that. I don't know why. I think they just stand on the feet, wouldn't you, when they're not wearing any shoes? First thing I'd do, if I had to wrestle somebody with bare feet, the first thing I'd do is stamp on their foot. Yeah. So just them, them punches that Mick McManus was laying in there, they were so... Oh, you dirty bastard. Those punches were so perfectly placed. To be like right, sort of right up, sort of under the rib cage. Is that a public warning for McManus for that kick? Yeah, for that stomp he did as he was getting up. He knew what he was doing, but uh, T Bar's taking no shit. Well done, ref T Bar. Can't remember if I told, told you guys, but the, the show was at last night. Um, Jack Turner and BA Rose were tagging. There was a, sort of a malfunction at the junction bit. Oh. Oh, he's grinding his ears again with his feet. Grinding his ears somewhere. Somebody paid good money for that. <laughs> well, that masseuse job that you didn't get. McManus <laughs> <laughs> oh. is claiming that he's uh, been fish hooked and showing uh, T-Bar his mouth. Oh, now he's shouting at the crowd. This is brilliant. What with his big toe? But yeah, there was a sort of a bit of a malfunction at the junction bit, and uh, Jack Turner cocked an elbow drop full to the bollocks. And it, it was not planned to be that it landed full, like flush in the knackers. <laughs> just do a, a punch straight to the bread basket right in front I think of him. He did. Looked like it, didn't it? Maybe T Bar is letting some things go. Oh, well, it's, it's holding him back from the kicks there when he's uh, released the hold. Referee realizes his error. That was another punch. Ken Walton rightly saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. Kelly <laughs> clicking his uh, toes on the rope to not fall out. And then the man has just knocked him off. Final public warning. Looked a nasty, uh, nasty landing as well. It did, yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, so Kong Fu, this is his third FA Cup final appearance. He so faced Burt Royal. In 75, and he tagged with Tony St. Clair against Colin Johnson and Romany Riley uh, in 77. Nice. 
What was he grabbing there? Oh, it was his toes. Thought we were having a twist his dick moment then. Oh, <laughs> that looks like it's a special shot in and of itself, didn't it? From uh, Kung Fu. Why is T Bar pounding the mat on, on the count? Just having a good time. Oh, what a pin. Beautiful. That was brilliant. Beautiful. And the crowd are absolutely loving it, aren't they? Yeah. Kung Fu is over. Well, I think I think it's McManus is hated as well. Well, yeah, yeah that has no small part, yeah. The amazing kung fu. Well, that pinfall was pretty amazing. Yeah, that was nice. Kung Fu second looks like he's got a Mick McManus haircut. <laughs> Shops in the same toy shop. Uh, oh, he petulantly <laughs> grabbed his bottle of water there, McManus. He's not happy. McManus's second second looks a bit like Eric Markham. (laughs) But younger. Can't keep up with the speed all a bit. What I love about these matches is they always just seem to fly by. Like this has already been nearly 10 minutes. All right, so Kent Walton's just said that uh, McManus was the one that unmasked Kung Fu. All right. Yeah, so... It's a grudge match. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean with these, like, they, they do... It's I, th- I think it's just because the pacing's so good with the... Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, like, classic British matches from this sort of era where I, I, I sure remember them being, like, quick five-minute matches and they go for, like, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And it's just because the they're pacing's so well done that they, they draw you in without you even realising it. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a similar thing on uh, on the work in progress recently for, for he's spinning around by his ears. <laughs> <laughs> he's determined. He's determined to expose that little that little circle on the top of McManus's head. Yeah. Oh, you dirty bastard, McManus! How did T Ball miss that punch? He's so good at cheating. Well, no, because his body was in the way there. At, le- at least McManus sort of was in the way of the punch there. Yeah, true. You just you can't underestimate the value of a good bastard in wrestling. No. This is what he's one of the all-time best as well. Like, he's, he's just he's just so good at being an absolute git. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. Because these days he'd be caring about how much merch he was selling. I can't imagine Mick McManus ever had a T-shirt. No, but hardly anyone did in... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, speaking of which, that, that, that show last night, um, Wing Commander Nash and Ace Matthews officially have the best merch I've ever seen. They were signing rubber ducks. <laughs> I would like a Mick McManus rubber duck. You could... Oh, he could draw the, henna, they could draw the hair on him, marker pen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what he should do. Oh, he's got the joint manipulation there uh, where the ref can't see it. That's sneaky. Oh, oh lovely. Or uh, looks at it, he just like slips around from the fingers to the wrist. Yeah, and then he's that on was the- genius. And again. Again. I mean, presumably we're going to get a lot more joint manipulation with gym breaks on the show later on, but... I am fully expecting T-Bar at some point to just 
smack McManus. <laughs> oh, I'm just being fish-hawked. <laughs> right in front of the head, but he's not Kung Fu's got a bit of fire in him. Didn't teach that in the dojo. Yeah, Mick's not happy, isn't he? <laughs> That's straight from the streets of Belfast, that one. Oh, yeah. He's having an argument with the parking attendant. <laughs> Oh, has Kung Fu's got the hand now? Is he going to go for the joint manipulation? I certainly hope so. No, no, it's just uh, working the wrist. No cheating, all baby. I thought he was trip Kung Fu then when he had a ham under his leg. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, perfect heel work there, where he sort of lifts Kung Fu in front of <laughs> T-Bar yeah. and then punches him. Kidney punch as well. This is the good thing about having strict rules. It's easier to cheat. Yeah. Is this the first tree of war we've seen in uh, World of Sport? Yeah, it wasn't quite a tree of war, was it? Because one of his arms was hooked as well. <laughs> oh, T-bars. Oh, some of the crowd are throwing litter in the ring. Just, but he just builds heat like, like almost no one else yeah. can. So good, he's... He's got that crowd in the palm of his hand and they don't even know it. Kung Fu, the, uh, the mic. <laughs> double feet to the face after the Michael Jackson test of strength. It was so good, though, because Kung Fu like, put his hand up for the test of strength and then he was moving his hands all around him. McManus got confused and then he kicked him in his face. Uh, there's an oh, old... There's a granny going for it. One of the old girls. Most dangerous fans in wrestling. That was my oh, nana and her crew back in the day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, because Kung Fu chopped him while uh, T-Bar was checking him for blood. It should be a public warning, really. Yeah, it should have been a public warning there. But it's against Mick McManus, so nobody cares. Yeah. I love how they just bring up his, where he's from as well every time his name comes up. Oh, and he's just smirking to the crowd now, even though he's losing his... Uh... <laughs> oh, do we get adverts? No, I don't think so. They often cut them out in these videos. Bugger. Yeah, so we just didn't get the wrestling channel adverts there, which would have been a shame. Every time I see that uh, that World of Sport logo, it reminds me of... I'm pretty sure WWE just wholesale used that for a SummerSlam logo one year. 2002? Yeah, that exact S. It, it wasn't far off. It was, um, it was more rugby ball shaped, though. Yeah. <laughs> they just squashed it a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think he came in the arse then when he's got, got the leg lock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, McManus is an absolute masterclass in how to be a bastard, isn't he? He was. He was. Mm. A hated name in my uh, grandparents' house when I was a kid. <laughs> like my my nan used to she all the time. Every time he was going to come on the TV when we were watching the old tapes and stuff. Oh, he's a he's a wrong and that one. He's rotten to the core. <laughs> She'd have absolutely none of him. He was strangling Kung Fu while he was arguing with T Bar, but because yeah. of placing T Bar, couldn't see what he was doing. Oh, the dreaded nerve hold. 
No, no, no. That's a um, a Nami Juni Jang um, stranglehold. I thought it was a nipple twist. <laughs> oh, McMahon is one. He's got the position, but he won't let go. Oh, Kendo's in. That's Kendo. Bloody hell. Kendo, sunglasses, Kendo. Attacking uh, Mick McManus. Sorted him out. Yeah. T-Bow's got, got to throw this out. And Black Cape. McManus is uh, running away. So every time we think we've left Kendo behind, he uh, keeps coming back. <laughs> and I'm happy to see him. I'm guessing that's that what I mentioned, the tag. What was that, Tag? I'm guessing that's why they mentioned that they would be tagging together in future. Yeah, yeah. It does look cool, don't you, Kendo? I'll be honest, I thought he had a silver mask on. He's that pale and the lighting's that odd. <laughs> <laughs> He's been wearing a mask all his time. you got to get a tan with a mask on. And he took it off recently. It's a, it's a fair point. <laughs> so, we're going to get without getting some idea. You know, Nagasaki's not allowed to come in the ring and the crowd are booing. But there's enough provocation. <laughs> so it's okay for him to cheat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Kung Fu. It's not Kung Fu's fault, so... I never, I never thought I'd do any quick Kung Fu and Snitsky. Yeah, Mick McManus, I can have a bit expected to face two men. So. Oh, contest's going to be left open. Yeah. The T-Bar shithouse more like you should disqualify one of them, make a decision. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be really unpopular if he uh, disqualified Kung Fu. <laughs> People like I Kung didn't, I didn't say make the decision to disqualify Kung Fu. What disqualify Mick McManus from running away? <laughs> no, I didn't hear what the announcer said. I should disqualify Kung Fu, but Mick McManus is a cock, so... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Although I will say, Kendall Nagasaki at that point, looking at him, the only wrestler I can think now who looks anything like him is uh, on the indie scene up here, a guy called Vusik. Except Vusik doesn't have the haircut. Well, we, we can solve that. It's like that. Lionel Black. Has that guy got a Dale Martin cricket jumper on? Yeah, I think he did, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I think my man has did play in a Lord Taverner's charity cricket match, but I can't find it. That was a heavy stitch on that jumper as well. Got to be warm in there. If you could find footage of that cricket match, we would 100% cover it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But no, this is the problem that there isn't, you know. There's, there's not, no, the problem is there's not enough cricket in my wrestling and there's not enough wrestling in my cricket. The closest we've had to wrestling in cricket is when Andrew Simons shoulder barbs that streaker. Well, and there's been uh, times when wrestlers have used cricket bats. Pete Donner. Sting. Yeah. George Gillette's here.
<laughs> flood into the <laughs> shower. Into the shower, which he is. <laughs> Brilliant. And Josh Gillette's dressed as a cavalier as well. Because of course he is. Uh, yeah, so McManus definitely isn't coming back. Well, the crowd are happy. Either way. Kung Fu gets the moral victory and McManus is still a massive dickhead. So who says that wrestling fans don't like a smiles? <laughs> there you go. The uh, Mick McManus versus Kung Fu. What, what did you think to that match, guys? I, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. The, the ending was a bit... Uh... Confusing, <laughs> but there was some love. Like there's, just, there's just so much like quality McMahon stuff in there. It's just it's it's everything that he does brilliantly. Just being an absolute dick in the most professional and well done way possible. Yeah, I agree with you. I really enjoyed that um, finish. Was a bit like I said, a bit schmozzy, but McManus made Kung Fu look a million bucks, and and you know Kung Fu played his part as well. But like you say. McManus just what a quality bastard. Every every time I see Kung Fu work, he's just he, he feel he feels out of time. He's yeah. so quick compared to everybody else, and and just does such different stuff. And he, he's like he, like you were saying before, he he would be impressive if he worked a match now. Like he's, well, he's re- he is really good. You mentioned Mike Bailey. Imagine Kung Fu versus Mike Bailey. Yeah, be unbelievable. Be a great match. Great, great match, match of styles, and they'd make an ace tag team probably as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've recently been watching Screen Sports Satellite Wrestling, which was the All Stars wrestling that they had on uh, what became Eurosports, and it was available in Europe and like a cable network in Swindon <laughs> in 1986. <laughs> and they have some, uh, well, some of the events are from Hanley Victoria Hall with a raucous crowd, and Kong Fu's on there. and because they're doing more of a hybrid style rather than the Mount Evans rules, Kung Fu looks like an absolute star on there. Mm. Yeah, I bet he did. But uh, before we go on to the next match, since it is FA Cup final day, and it's a special year because both teams had an FA Cup final song. Oh, uh, God. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in now, Ipswich, Ipswich, get that goal, the Ipswich uh, FA Cup final song. <laughs>
So, what did you think to Ipswich's FA Cup final song? It's fucking awful. <laughs> Most of that song doesn't rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to the word Ipswich so many times, it's lost all meaning. What I don't really understand is when they were writing this song, they thought, you know, what sort of feeling do we get from Ipswich? What vibe do we get? I know, Calypso. <laughs> <laughs> When really the vibe of Ipswich, it's all flatlands. It should have just been, it should have just been a, a dull beep as somebody died. <laughs> the, th- the thing that I always think with the football song is, you want something that the the fans are going to chant on the terraces. Mm. There's no way anyone ever chanted <laughs> anything from that song. Absolutely yeah, not. it was not, but it made me a bit sad. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't great, was it? But uh, at, oh, at least they have an FA Cup final song. We're going to get some of these FA Cup final songs, and some teams will have done the uh, <laughs> indecent thing and not released a cup final song. So at least we've got one from Ipswich. <laughs> I'd rather not have one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least it was something, and it's the only chance they'll ever have of having an FA Cup final song. So if you're going to go yeah. for a good thing, suppose so. Yeah. So the next match we're going to cover is Bruce Murr and Giant Haystacks versus Big Daddy and Tony St. Clair. Great, can't wait to see Daddy and Tony together. Superb. So if people have got that lined up. Yeah. yeah I'll give a countdown. Three, two, one, go. Well, Bruce is a big lad. Not as big as Haystacks, but he's a big lad. So, so we had some sort of trumpeting music for a giant haystacks and bruise and mirror. No, haystacks had beans for breakfast. You had a lot for breakfast? Beans. Beans, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. This, this is bruise and Mir's only FA Cup final uh, appearance, unfortunately. 
Oh, I tell you what, I mentioned if we were doing the award shows before, Haystacks would be on for the Rene Goulet. Yeah, that's a doing it. It always has what been. A, what a barnet that is. I swear that he's, I swear his hair's gone, gone, uh, got as big as his waistline almost. So my, uh, but the first ever, I think I've mentioned it on you guys' show before, but the first ever wrestling uh, show that I went to was at Bedworth, Bedworth Civic Hall in 1989. Mm. And uh, I don't remember anything from the show whatsoever. Other than thinking that John Haystacks cannot be a real person because just the size of him was immense. Mm. Just like in real life, that dude was just incredibly huge. That's the only thing I really remember from the show. Yeah. Um, I did find the card from the show. Um, All right. So we had, it didn't list the matches, but just uh, who was appearing. So we had Kendo Nagasaki, which would have been when he came back, I'm guessing, because it was 89. Uh, mm. Robbie Brookside, Tony Simply the Best St. Clair, Blondie <laughs> Barrett, and then the headline was uh, Big Daddy versus uh, John Haystack. Wow. So, I don't remember any, any of the show, but that was my first ever live show, which uh, when we used to go to wrestling when I was a kid, my granddad would buy us seats up in the bleachers and then my mum would get a front row ticket. No belly bouncing early on. Um, so yeah. this is the first time we've reviewed a show where Daddy's come to the ring with uh, We Shall Not Be Moved by the Seekers. I like it. I'm not against it. Yeah. Again, wrestling history. Yeah, yeah. For the first wrestler to have a pop song as the entrance theme. So is that true? I've always thought I've always sort of rolled that out as a as a thing, but I didn't know if it really was 100 percent right. But. Yeah. So everyone says it was. The Freebirds with Freebird by Leonard Skinner. But yeah, Daddy was using We Should Not Be Moved before that. Yeah, whenever, whenever anyone says uh, the Freebirds thing, that's the one I always said, uh, Big Daddy did it first. Yeah. But I never knew if anyone did it before him. What a tag team. What a tag team. So we often say about what, what Daddy's wearing. He's got a sparkly uh, hat that Eunice has made for him and a, a Union flag uh, coat. I believe that was made out of one of the Queen's sofas. <laughs> Is the announcer Mike Judd, Dan? How am I going to know? Well, you see if he's got any donut jam on his fingers. I feel like there's a joke there that I'm forgetting. It's the uh, guy whose job was filling donuts with jam. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible audience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, is it Max Ward as referee in this match? I believe so. I just, I just took a big swing at that Glenn Garriock and it fucking had it hits. Good stuff. <laughs> you taste every year of that 21 years in that. Lovely. Yeah, it's definitely Max. Oh, it's Dax as a giving him a splash before. The bell's even gone. Tony St. Clair has won a moral victory there by not shitting himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tony St. Clair, he always takes a good beating, doesn't he? He does. (laughs) Big Daddy's boots say Big D. So does his belly. Yeah. What's happening here? Yeah, it is Mike Judd. Yeah, just had yeah. uh, unconfirmed that. So uh, my seventies recognition powers are working. 
Hellstorm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's going nuts. He's wondering if he's been nice to Haystack. The match hadn't started. Oh, that is outrageous hair on Haystack. He's brought this out for the cup final, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Back home to oblivion, that is. He's like got a helmet of hair. I mean, I know we'd said about there was a couple of contenders for haircut on the night earlier on. It goes all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Like a 363 afro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, St. Clair's selling this so well. The, the moving St. Clair in a very on. The 2023 way out, like, you know, no neck support or anything. Just... Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no like, stiff board to put him on or anything. Just drag him around yeah. a bit. Uh, definitely confirmed it. Is disqualified. Oh, Danny's pushing in. Go on, Danny. Oh, shoulder Danny barges. Bouncy. This is what everyone wants to see. Big meaty men slapping meat. He's beating up the ring rope. Yeah, they're not going to start until Giant Haystacks leaves. Get out of there, you silly big shit out. I wonder what people thought of this in 79, because they, they would have been looking forward to, you know, on the big show, <laughs> Gabby and Giant Haystacks uh, facing off. Yeah, they must have built and promoted it like, like, quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But nobody there sounds disappointed. They all just want to, they've had their opportunity to boo him and tell him to sod off. <laughs> He's actually having to, so it's almost like a payoff. Yeah, he's actually he's actually having to leave everything, like leave the match as a whole. Yes, yeah. So it's effectively Daddy versus uh, Bruiser now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's like it's almost like the crowd are like he's getting his comeuppance, so they're happy. Mm. Well, Tony Saint Clair is on the ring apron, but he uh, <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> yeah, curled over in a ball. Yeah. Oh. Slightly less big meaty men slapping meat. Oh, I watched Big Daddy wrestle all day, man. I absolutely love him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me trying to get to the bar on a Saturday night. 45 and a half stone there between the two of them. I don't believe if Bruiser Murr is 22 stone, and that's a big if, it's probably more, but Big Daddy is significantly bigger than Bruiser Murr. <laughs> probably he's... more like 50 odd stone. Like between them. I've just noticed how small Daddy's legs are. Mm. Oh, yeah, he skipped leg day for definite. <laughs> Jersey Cream doesn't build muscles around the legs. <laughs> <laughs> You may recognise Bruiser Murr if you've seen the film Time Bandits. Oh, you dirty sod. A small part in that. Kicking Tony St. Clair through the ropes. I have not seen Time Bandit. Well, you might not recognise him then. <laughs> oh, Daddy Smart. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> Bruiser Murr's got such a big belly. It was like he... <laughs> <laughs> He's still standing <laughs> up, practically. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Daddy was going to bounce back up. Yeah. <laughs> Although Bruiser's no sold that, hasn't he? He's straight up. Easy chant from the crowd. 
This is wrestling. Oh, uh, Grado had that easy chant going at um, commentary, the, the impact show, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. It was so good to hear it again. That's the, the closest I've ever got to enjoying Grado. Yeah. Oh, there you go. They've, they've just said the first fall was disqualification, so Daddy's won. Yeah. Yeah, Max Ward was trying to lift Tony St. Clair. Tony St. Clair's still falling off. Still fucked. <laughs> I think uh, Daddy wants to continue, but no, no it's all over. That Daddy's shaking Tony St. Clair's hand as if he's done anything. I couldn't say he was pointing to him, that he's done fuck all. Yeah, he's put him over, you know, he's uh, got the crowd to clap him. And, th- and this is the world heavyweight champion. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he got, he, got he got crushed under 30 odd stone. Yeah. Or maybe 40 stone. Well, we have seen great wrestling displays from Tony St. Clair on the channel before. <laughs> We've now seen him curled up in a ball. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness. It's a bit too. of a waste of him, to be fair. He, he can go. Good, good hourly rate, though. Oh, yeah. No. It's crazy when you think about it. You know, the, the Kendo just came out for uh, that spot. Haystacks just came out for... Uh, the one splash. St. Clair just came out for being curled up in a ball. I mean, I, I know this is, in a way, the big show of the year, so if you do wheel out the stars, but big star with very little to do on the show. Get them a payday, yeah, I guess. The, the thing is, as well, that was the first time Haystacks had left his feet in six months. So it was a big event. Yeah. Yeah, because he was normally just getting disqualified. And... Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the main thing I noticed for that match is that, like, if you, if you say you did that now at WrestleMania where you hype a match up between mm. two of your biggest stars and that's how it goes, it the, the, the internet would end because there'd be so much, like, bitching and moaning and complaining, but everybody there was happy with that outcome because they he got his comeuppance and that's yeah. that's the purity of this old wrestling that you just don't get anymore it, they, they don't they 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 came to see a match but they the fact they didn't see a match didn't matter because the bad guy got what was coming to him he got taught a lesson i just i just think that's a beautiful thing that you don't see anymore yeah it's definitely been lost in wrestling you know with all the well with the loss of kayfabe essentially yeah Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, kayfabe was well out of the window now. I mean, we don't, we'd already had front of the news of the world when the Jackie Palo harvey Smith match descended into an actual fight. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, fact, the, 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 the mass willingness to suspend disbelief then. I was going to say, yeah, people were more willing to, to lean into it than they, a lot yeah. more to, I mean, to, to believe in it than they are now. I've mentioned it a couple of times, but last night it was at, um, it was at that True Grit show and the crowd ranged from young kids, some of them who were there, you know, for the first indie show, they'd seen WWE, but they were finally getting to to see everything a bit more up close and personal. To, you know, people like myself have been to dozens of shows and, and even <laughs> even in the crowd was a deathmatch wrestler from America who was staying with one of the, the talent that was on the show. And, you know, and every and every conceivable type of person, you know, in between and everybody was loving it. It's just on such a smaller scale. But that's well, what makes that's what makes it so much fun that we're all willing to put to, to buy into it. 
I thought that TNA show that uh, we went to a couple of weeks ago when you came down here, I thought the the crowd there were one of the best crowds that I've seen in a long time. I think they really lent into it and they really got into the stories and the matches and, and, and really played along instead of a lot of indie shows now. You find that half the crowd are just like, they're all, they almost think that they're like commentating to themselves and they're smarter than what's going on. Whereas yeah. that, that show, like, I, I think that speaks a lot to TNA in general is that people were really willing to actually buy into the stories and enjoy the matches. Mm. Well, that's, that's why I only go to part of the reason I only go to select few sort of promotions now because I'm I want to be invested and I want to I want to really buy into and enjoy what's going on and that's what you get at like your north your, your true grits uh, rise as well you know yeah I don't like a crowd that's too smart for their own good well me and you Rob we went to those south side crowds yeah a few years back and it was so bizarre they were obviously paying attention to what was going on and being attentive but did you know, especially in the afternoon show, as opposed to the evening, just no reaction. Yeah, yeah, it was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. I, I did mention Harvey Smith earlier, and I did dangle in front of you a few episodes ago that uh, Beth's grandma had given me a Harvey Smith story. Yes. So we're, we're around at the house, and she was reading uh, the Keithley News, and uh, there was a you know a kid on the front of it, and she said, "Oh, I, I know his granddad. Oh, I know of his granddad," and uh, she said. In the 60s or 70s, he, were, he went to prison because he tried to shoot Harvey Smith with a bow and arrow. Fuck. Now, now, Harvey Smith was, you know, a, a, a jockey who turned wrestler, you know, sort of celebrity wrestler sort of thing. And as I say, famously had the real fight with Mitt McManus. No, sorry, with Jackie Palo. Um, but knowing that he was a jockey, I said, was he on his horse at the time? <laughs> and the said, yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody took a pot shot at him with a crossbow while he was riding a horse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, only, if you only in British wrestling. I think you have to use a bow and arrow, don't you? Isn't that the rule? The best thing about it is, though, I've told four or five people over 50 that story since, and every one of them has a different Harvey Smith story. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on the next season of Unstacking Dadatory, the Harvey Smith section. Well, some of them aren't, you know, great or whatever, but every single person I've spoken, oh, Harvey Smith, oh, you'll never guess what he did. <laughs> brilliant. Was the guy with the bone arrow on a horse as well? Oh, that would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like something out of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, got you. It was in the north of England they were riding around the York Walls because that's that's where you can do that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So so there you go. That's uh, when wrestling was real to me, damn it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now. So since we played the Ipswich Town FA Cup final song, I think it's only fair that we play the Arsenal FA Cup final song for 1978. Oh, God, here we go. Yeah. 
Now you shouted at me at uh, in uh, in that pub in York for uh, singing this. <laughs> After a few. Yeah. yeah. Was that in the Falcon? Yes, in, in the Falcon. Yeah. He said he couldn't remember what the Arsenal FA Cup final nineteen seventy song was, so I started singing it to you. And you weren't you weren't happy about it. But I, I actually think it is more chantable. It's it's better than the Ipswich one. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah, it's it's kind of jaunty. Yeah. Ipswich Town did something dangerous. They went with the new concept, and Arsenal played it really, really safe. It's like so, budget Chaz and, Chaz and Dave. That's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Rob, I, I, can, I, can, I can ruin it for you, Rob. <laughs> At points, it kind of reminded me of Marching On Together. To be absolutely fair, Marching On Together is a catchy tune. It's just a shame it's done it with Leeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I'll, I'll give Leeds United that. It, it is a catchy tune, but you know, but it, as I say, Arsenal played it safe. It it wasn't anything new, but I could see that the Arsenal fans may chant that. Whereas there was yeah. no no way that Sean fans were going to chant any of the lyrics from that song. Was it was it just me, or is it the time of year? But did the bells in the middle sound a bit Christmassy? Yeah, they did, didn't they? Which is well, very presumptuous after you played one game in the FA Cup or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a wee bit. Even gone to the third round of the cup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Speaking of FA Cup, at time of recording, actually on the on this coming Friday, I'm off to see York City versus Wigan in the second round of the FA Cup, hoping for a giant killing. Superb. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, if York did beat beat Wigan, that'd be worthy of writing a song for. Well, <laughs> we played Wigan last season. They were chronic. Of course, they beat Town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only uh, the only FA Cup thing that I know is that Coventry won it in 1987, and somebody's knee was important. That's all the information I've got. Oh, <laughs> why do I know that? Apparently, it's one of the best FA Cup finals ever. Yeah, so somebody was talking about it at my work not so long back. Um, I can't remember. We'll carry on. If I remember, I'll. Uh, I know that somebody's knee was important because there's a sky blue themed bar uh, just around the corner from Marbuza, and they show all the matches and stuff. And they got a huge mural painted on the wall, and there's a, a, a picture of a knee with a football bouncing off it, and some fella's name underneath it. And that's all my FA Cup knowledge. <laughs> I think it's someone. I, someone I work with is um, uh, played in the match. It's uh, Keith Houchin played in that match. Okay. Cool. One of my, one of my workmates is uh, is related to him. Who played for who played for Co- uh, who equalized, who played for Coventry and was involved in the equaliser. So, just in case we do power on past eighty one, a future series, the nineteen eighty seven FA Cup final wrestling show for the the build up was filmed in Bedworth. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, yeah, and Pat Roach is a royal. Hey. Amazing. So, yeah, so uh, we, we may have a volunteer for 87 if, if we get oh, that yeah. far. I might even try watching But uh, we'll, we'll swap those uh, digits around and get to 78. And uh, we're on to Jim Brakes versus Steve Gray in uh, the match. Now, we do have to mention with Jim Brakes that Jim Brakes was arrested in 2020. And deemed unfit to stand trial due to dementia. He was accused of punching his ex-girlfriend to death. Mm. Um, 
obviously, you know, he, he never got uh, a trial or whatever uh, for legal reasons. You know, can't really speculate what the outcome of that would have been. But yeah, it can be difficult uh, watching uh, Jim Brakes matches with that in mind. But well, we should say as well. We should say as well because he because he never stood trial due to dementia and whatnot. It is still alleged actions as well officially, um, as, and there is a, a, a sort of libel element that we wouldn't want to fall foul of as well. Effectively, any any defamation or anything like that. And it, it is rough, like I said, sort of separating the, you know, what we see on screen to, to the reality. So, sorry, Rob, I just wanted to, to put that in there as well. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is a bizarre situation, and we spoke about this in a break that we just had now, because Jim Brakes, the wrestler, was perhaps one of the greatest of all time. He mm. was tremendously influential on a lot of wrestlers, um, tremendous technical wrestler, a great heel, but then, you know, the the allegations, you say, that they are horrific allegations against him, you know, so we only thought it was fair to mention that. Yeah, quite right as well, yeah. Yeah, so in terms of Jim Brakes, he has four FA Cup final day appearances way back in 1964 against Al Marquette, in 1973 against Johnny Saint. I've seen a, a match recently Johnny Saint versus Jim Brakes from 1986, which which was brilliant. So I can only imagine when they were more in the prime. <laughs> yeah. better. This match we see today against Steve Gray, it does get 79 as well. So um, we'll, we'll be back to that one. And just on the Steve Gray side of it, three FA Cup final appearances, uh, one after another. So... Uh, uh, 77, 78, and 79, and uh, his, his first match was against Mr. McManus, and then the two gym break matches. So again, we've got the link in the description if uh, people want to watch along. Yeah, ready and waiting. Yep. So countdown. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Well, it's all set up in there. So gym break already Sorry. got a cheap shot in on Steve Gray. Um, ah. Mighty right, fancy so. robes. It is. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? Mm. Oh, winner faces Johnny Saints. Yeah, the, the champion of the world, Johnny Saints. So, lightweight champion. Ah, so Jim Brakes is the lightweight champion. So, he might have been sort of middleweight champion for uh, yeah. a time. Going to step up. A British lightweight champion. So Steve Grace, British lightweight champion. So a lot of uh, gold uh, floating around here. Yeah, champion versus champion. Very good. See that um, yeah. a fair bit in boxing as well. You know, going from British to European level. Uh, T bars back and has changed his shirt. Just hope nobody bleeds. Oh, this just feels like it's going to be a banger before it even starts. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Jim Brakes hasn't yet adopted his signature uh, bumblebee pants or whatever they are, you know, the yellow and uh, black hooped <laughs> pants. 
Lovely oh. handstand out. Yeah, that, that. It is funny. I've often watched Jim Brakes matches and thought, you know, a lot of the stuff that sort of Pete Dunne gets lauded for or got lauded for, you know, when he was on the Indies, etc. You know, it's sort of Jim Brakes esque. There's there's a lot of his stuff, a lot of the British guys. I mean, that handstand stuff, you, you still see now. A lot of guys do that. I know Tyler Bates used that uh, that escape a few times. Zach Sabre Jr. Oh, great, just rolling out of the uh, arm lock. And it, awesome. it, I always love how appreciative the crowds are of technical wrestling at this point. Mm. Yeah, it's great, and it's what I like about the. Um, again, going back to the show, was that last night that the pure grit rules match where it is more, more technical based, and, and the rules are more defined. On a show where you've got a little bit of everything, there's still a place for this type of wrestling. I, I always think that more more rules in wrestling creates more creativity. Yeah, because they they have to find ways to work within the restrictions. Or to work around it and, and, and yeah. cheat, like Rob said earlier. But it gives it, it also gives them many more ways to do that if they're smart enough to, uh, to take it. Yeah. Just the way that Breaks there was um, complaining about his two for eight. You know, Gray's foot was like, brushed against him. <laughs> Oh, pull of the hair there to uh, get Steve Gray down as well behind the ref's back. Dirty bastard. Yeah. But again, I mean, you know, we've seen it all through this show with, with McManus and Haystacks and now Breaks. Heels knew how to be heels. Yeah. yeah. And they were given the options to do it as well. Yeah. Like we said before, it's... Oof. <laughs> That was brilliant. They're just a snap on that. Well, that's it, because, you know, it's a simple move, but, you know, when he's sort of rolling him out of it, oh, and, and Brakes having a tantrum as well. And now pretending to be hurt. <laughs> yeah. And even the headlock looks... Um, it just... actually like it would hurt, as opposed yeah. to just on as a transition. Yeah. It just all looks good. Like this, this. There's a reason why this is my favourite stuff. Is it is just there's there's just a reality to it that you don't really see anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. You know, I'll I'll watch everything. I I enjoy this, and I'll I'll go all the way through to death matches. But this really is the stuff that makes you believe. Because yeah. think when you go into the death match territory, or you know the the more luchador style stuff, that's all spectacle. This feels like a, a contest. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that can come into it in, in, in other styles, but this does feel like, like a pure physical test. I like that um, Gray was Ooh. almost teasing that he was going to do some joint manipulation with the fingers. Yeah. Can't but feel T-Bar should have maybe seen that punch. 
But again, the body position was very good. Yeah. Oh, he's got the fingers there. Now we get breaks, and now he's going to start working the fingers if he can. You do get a feeling that Pete Dunne's watched a lot of these matches, you know, and Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear the snap just before? Oh. Just the way he's got his, he had his arm bent there, it, it looked like that is not supposed to happen. It's amazing, though, because I can put my arm in that position now, but the way he transitioned into the position made it look completely unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this is well trying to get the slam and, and, and struggling against the hole. It's just so bloody perfect. Yeah. But it's just that believability and, and then getting the pin on the bell as well. Perfect mm. timing. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, you <laughs> dirty bastard breaks. Sorry, I keep saying that. It's, but this is the thing, it's hooking me in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said about like the ring awareness as well of like like those little things where just put the ref in the just in the right position where you can get away with just a little something and testing the water, seeing how much the ref's going to see and what you're going to be able to get away with later down yeah. the line. It's, it's, it's just pure storytelling and it's all done just through, just through the moves that you're using and the placement of your opponent. Yeah. Makes me wonder as well, are the, are the wrestlers reacting to the ref or is the ref reacting to the wrestlers or is it kind of a mix of they all know where they should be? I think I think it's yeah it's a bit of everything. I think the the ref works it works his positioning well, but I, yeah I think it's uh, the ref knows how to react to what's going on. But yeah, it's yeah it's it's just it's every everybody's doing their part brilliantly. And I mean the be- the beauty of this is that the T ball was an excellent wrestler in his own right. Mm. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Still a big guy at this point as well. Bigger than the, other, the two lads in the ring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that's the advantage of, you know, if this is a lightweight contest or whatever. <laughs> you know, T- yeah, T- he's a... Yeah, so. a heavyweight, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, I mean, Brakes looked like he were crying then. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got his head rammed into the match and... <laughs> Kicking, oh. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky, <laughs> flicked at thumbs. It's great kicking off now. Oh, that wouldn't tickle. Oh, okay, that got me. Yeah, because you think he's hurt and he's not really. He's just faking it. So as soon as Gray turns his back, yeah. he's uh, whipped on the headlock from behind. Hello. I love getting worked by wrestling. I really do. <laughs> I've just had chips. <laughs> oh, God. So that's another... That it's just, yeah, but it's just a, it's just a beautiful move. Like it's, it's just... It's special and unique. There's something oh, to it. It's different. I'm sorry. That always impressed me. The way that um, the way that Steve Gray just stood up out of that. Then that just takes ridiculous strength. 
Kent was just speculating that Gray could have turned that into the break special as well. Mm. Oh, headstand. Yeah. I mean, you, you get a lot of things in World of Sport that are a bit cliche, but they're still great when you see them. Yeah. I've seen the headstand spot loads of times, but it's never not impressive. It's also, especially this being like the sort of seventies. Oh. Sort of it's it's long enough ago that it's it wasn't cliche as much back then. Yeah, I think there wasn't, wasn't a lot of TV everywhere. You know, you weren't seeing it on you know on YouTube or through Fight or the, you know the, the millions of different streaming services. Yeah, and back in you go. <laughs> well, this is it because we can watch them in quick succession, but there's probably quite a while between them. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, uh, that's what I mean. And you know, the amount of people going to going to the shows, you know, you're not going to see the same person in the same town for for weeks or months. Yeah. I mean, in modern wrestling, if if you'd kept someone in the headlock, you know, this headlock with the legs for this long, you'd be getting booze or whatever. Yeah. About the work rate, but but nothing's actually stopped. And it's because it's because in American wrestling and in, in or modern wrestling, it, they're treated as a rest hold. They're not treated as part of your offense. Yeah. You know, just, you, sorry, Gray, Gray, every time he gets out of it, and then Gray just whips him straight back into it. Yeah. It's like this style of match. We talk, you know, been talking about transplanting wrestlers into different areas. I'd love to see like a Liam Slater go back into this type of era. Oh, yeah. yeah. He'd be phenomenal with all of this. I just love that, like, this is like, you hear a lot about talking about, like, oh, beautiful. Like, the, like how that the wrestling is like a chess game and all that sort of stuff. Mm. This is, to me, is what it really was. Like, just because a move didn't work immediately. You don't just give up and move on to the next thing. If mm. it was getting you some traction, keep working that same move. Keep yeah. working on the, the thing you're working on instead of just immediately moving on to the next three or four things. Like there's a, there's more thought involved. Mm. It's a battle of wits as much as it is a fight. Brins and Braun. Just touched his lug. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that he was complaining about his ears the T-Bone just came and twisted it and then he shouted my ears saw and he did it again and then Gray That's just him in here. but this is a good thing you know they're having a very serious oh he's dragging his balls along the, the rope <laughs> see this is the thing though this is, this is such a good match because the wrestling itself is brilliant but they're just sprinkling little bits of comedy in there yeah Jim Brakes looked like somebody shrunk Tony Adams. So uh, Jim Brakes was trained by Bernard Murray, mm. who um, you might remember was the referee in the Les Kelly Johnny Cresslow match. Oh, it makes sense now. Yeah. That match was beautiful. But yeah, so. I guess he's had that back, you know, comedy background. 
I was arguing, he's arguing with T-Bar, and he's like, he's just, oh, God, he's twisting. He's <laughs> <laughs> fish-hooking him. Brilliant. Uh, back into the giant manipulation. Oh, break special. One nil. Nil to uh, Jim Breaks. Beautiful move. Yeah, and the way that Gray's gone down like a ton of bricks. Mm. He's out and he seconds uh, round him, T bars round him. I'd so love said, to see somebody use that now. Mm. Beautiful move. I said before about time just flying in these matches. It's already been 14 minutes. It's, it's yeah. madness. It's madness yeah. how they can just keep attention with what they're doing. Yes, they're sprinkling comedy and whatnot, but... Yeah, they just keep you locked into what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like you say, well, matches from this era are a lot more forgiven of a long match. <laughs> well, I, did, I, I um, recorded a Christmas cracker for, for Bang Bang with Andy. And we said the same thing about uh, the match I chose, which is um, it's Liam Slater versus Leon Slater from North for the North title. Yeah. That one, it's about, the match is about 20 minutes, but it gets to the 15 minute mark and it, it feels like it's barely started. Yeah. And then you realise, oh God, they're both knackered, but you know, Leon's practically sweating his body paints off and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a banger, I'm watching that. It's on YouTube, mate. I'll send you the link. But just this constant work in the elbow and the fingers. Yeah. You know, he's, he's done that stamp like three. You know, in modern wrestling, you get that once and then they go back to something else. And, you know, and it's not sold. I'm over and over and over again. And, and it actually looks like a struggle. Yeah. You know, when, when Gray's just powered Ooh. out. Of that. I have never seen that before. But that's more like, you know, because why would you, like, you know, run yeah. straight into the buckle? He's yeah. spun him around, so he spins. Yeah, and he's wrenching the shoulder. Yeah. Trying to pop it out, basically. Oh, that's classic shit I was referring to breaks. Oh. <laughs> one, one. I love that. Got him. Yeah, I love good. that equaliser. Beautiful. This is an absolute banger of a match. Yeah. I'm trying to remember to say stuff because I'm just getting pulled into it. <laughs> Absolutely love this stuff. But it's a mark of how good it is, isn't it, really? I know silence won't work for a podcast, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd really encourage people to, uh, you know, watch along uh, as well if they can. Yeah, two rounds left and one fall. Oh, Rob just fell off his chair. <laughs> match, the match is good, but isn't it? Is it fall off your chair good? <laughs> well, no, because I'm well, I'm watching it through my computer and uh, yeah, my computer fell off the uh, desk. I sort of grabbed it. Um, it's all right. I fell down the stairs on a UTT recording. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's doing the classic uh, punches while. Uh, He's got his back to T-Bar, so we can't see him. Yeah. We saw that one. Oh. You know the crowd is just wanting uh, T-Bar to do the chop. Yeah. Oh, oh we've got know, an old deer up, up at the ring. Was she flicking the V's at him? The V's. Oh, 
<laughs> Brilliant. Well, two count for uh, Gray there. If we, again, if we were doing the awards, my MVP of the night is that old lady. <laughs> Which was was it the old WWF shows where Mrs. Krieger used to get up to the side of the ring and scream at the wrestlers? I'm sure her name was Mrs. Krieger because they actually used to mention her on commentary. Oh, when I've been watching the uh, screen spots that I like wrestling, um, Chick Cullen's mum's in the crowd. Sorry, just while, while this is going on, we see with the foot on the elbow there, that looks so oh, bloody nasty. That's awful, doesn't it? And I just want to say as well, with all this, how good is the camera work to catch all of this? Yes. Yeah. And there's not a million and one Kevin, you know, Kevin Dunn cuts. <laughs> I nearly called him Kevin Dunn cunt then. But yeah, like that, just zooming in on the hand, they, they actually know what they're looking for. Oh, that scream there from Steve Gray. Still working the elbows, just yeah. brilliant. Actually focusing and telling the story on, on the match. Those those might be the best uppercuts I've ever seen. And, and the beauty of this is we know we're going to get a rematch in '79. Yeah. The bacon off all the time as well. It's great. Was that on the FA Cup final, Rob? The brakes just pretend his lace was off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. What's the What's the British version of playing possum? Uh, (laughs) Playing badger. I was just about to say playing badger. (laughs) (laughs) Feigning hedgehog. (laughs) <laughs> Bingo. Rob, is that uh, is this rematch on the seventy nine Cup final? Yes. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Oh, that see, just finding and Ken Walton just said the same thing: finding new ways to just work the elbow. Yeah, like when he like put his arm against his own chest and then he's pulling the elbow towards it to yeah get back. Because it all plays into his finish as well, so it, it makes sense that he's working on that body part. Oh, they're grabbing the ropes. That, that thing there where, where he's standing on the elbow and he's got his other foot under the wrist, it looks awful. I don't know why we don't see that in wrestling today. It's, it's almost, I think it's almost too simple. Yeah. Ooh, it looks so good. Is he going to go, don't it's, do it? it Gray's trying to power out with a test of strength or something. Yeah, knuckle lock. Yeah. He's, he's maintained uh, fist oh, control. Pull of the hair. Pull about the hair. I don't think there's been any public warnings so far, has there? There's one. Yeah, Brakes has got one. Oh, yes. He looks, he does... He just looks like I, such a knobhead does Brakes. The amount that uh, Sisax is up in Brakes' face, I, I want to see Brakes versus Sisax. <laughs> uh, not in the same weight division, mate. Well, no. I know. That's what I want. Brakes would have to bulk up. Yeah. Apologies if you can hear any noise from the other room. Yeah, Brakes is shouting at the crowd.
Rob it. <laughs> I just oh, love these quick escapes. Like we saw it from Kung Fu, but both these guys are, are, are so quick. And the, it's the explosiveness that really sells it to me. It, where they're just like, they're trying to figure it out and they're just like, oh, I've got it and just wallop. You know, they, they might manoeuvre themselves around, but then they're out. And it's the like the 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 heel and babyface dynamic's really good as well because it's it's giving the the heel a reason to be frustrated. He's frustrating him by escaping mm. from the things he's trying to do and giving him a reason to be frustrated and to cheat rather than just cheating for the sake yeah. of cheating. It's not just oh this even, match has gone on long enough. I'm going to get a chair now. It's even it's, there. It's, even there between the rounds though, Jim Briggs was looking for an advantage. He was looking yeah. to the corner to try and get round T bar. Straight back to the elbow. So I just think they said that it, this was the sixth and final round. Yeah, yeah, it must be because we're we're about that time in the uh, the time counter there, running coming up to coming up to twenty three minutes. Yeah. Oh, I I, I want to see this uh, this version of the Irish Whitmore. I love that. Yeah. Pull it, grab it. You know, as, as they're going through, pull it short, spin them round. Uh, Using his body weight is brilliant. Yeah. Oh, he's gone to the knee or the hamstring. No, the hamstring quadricep. It looked like it was like a kick to the inner thigh, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can I can never get over. Oh single single leg crab. Yeah. Is he gonna try and transition it somehow? Oh, God, he's still on the back of the knee. It just looks so nasty, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah I, I was going to say as well, I, can't, I can never get over how quickly the old school referees counted. Yeah, no, no time for messing. No. no. You're fucking about. You're, you're fine or you're not fine. You, you're wrestling or you're not. Get up. Always gone for it again. Oh. So, I mean, we've seen a couple of near falls, which you don't really see too much in... Uh, the second public warning. The spot. The, the, uh, that last pin there as well, he, the ref didn't even go for the count because it wasn't a pinning predicament. He was fighting out of it. So he wasn't... Yeah. He didn't actually have him down. He just had him happen to be on the ground, but he was fighting out of it, so he didn't count it, which is yeah, another thing you just don't see anymore. And Ken Walton backed it up on commentary. You know, the shoulders weren't down, you know, weren't yeah. consistently down, so no pin. Oh, he's going for like a, a stretch muffler. He seems to be blokes into playing with uh, Steve Gray's pants. <laughs> yeah, he did a bit, didn't he? Ooh. What's that hold he's got there? That's, sort of, that's a... How's he tied his legs up there? That. <laughs> <laughs> However he's doing it, Brakes doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the Kelly oh, special. Kelly, yeah, oh, Kelly yeah. special. But Ooh, Kelly was, like, was a bit more like stood up with it, wasn't he? Yeah. See uh, Steve Bray getting a little bit nasty there, putting his elbow into the joint. Oh, he's holding oh, the head as well now. 
in one leg and then he's wrapped around his other leg round breaks his neck. For like a tarantula type. Yeah. Just needs to crank one of the arms now. Yeah, if he cranks the arm, he'd have a tarantula and a Kelly special on at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Here he goes. Oh, yeah, Here's tarantula. <laughs> Oh, he's stood up out of it. Yeah, well, that was a bit too complex to keep on. Yeah. <laughs> is he going for the... Is, is Greg going for the break special? He is. I think he is. But Steve Gray's eyes were, like, m- manic then as well. Yeah, they were. Is that enough of the cheating? He's found that extra, extra bit he needs. See Steve Gray there as well, working to make sure one of his shoulders wasn't on the mat. Oh. Hell. That bridge is ridiculous. Bend that way. Wow. Ooh. I was going to flip over for a pin then. Oh, did you see the little tap of the head from Briggs? Oh, punch from oh. Steve Grace. Punch without. Uh, T Bar's a bit confused. <laughs> and Briggs is shocked. <laughs> Playing really? his own game. Oh, now he's crying. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> got little beady crab eyes, hasn't he? Oh. oh. Who says our World of Sport matches end 1 <laughs> 2 1? I can't wait to see the rematch now. Just stunning that was. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. We really need to was. get to 79 as quick as possible. There you go, Matt Judge just confirmed it. Amazing. Please tell me that rematch is online. Uh, yes, it is, yeah. That was superb. Well, I, I think we've probably uh, played our hands early with that one in terms of uh, what we thought of that match. It was all right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right enough. Right enough. Interestingly enough, that on the same recording, uh, there was Bobby Barnes versus Cat Weasel. That would have been good. It probably would have been good, which still exists. Kendall Nagasaki versus Bronco Wells, which is lost to the ITV archive. And Gold <sighs> Belt, Brian Maxine versus Johnny Cresslow, which uh, would probably have been quite good as well. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. But yeah, so what did you think to the show overall? Um, for me, you just... It's just, I know I said this on the other World of Sport episode we did a while ago, but just for me, that's everything that makes, that's that's everything that I love about wrestling. It is, it's just, it's, the in-ring is brilliant. They build stories in the match. There's, everything has a reason to happen. It's it's just, just every, every, all three matches, just brilliant to me. Just absolute wrestling perfection. I love that stuff. Yeah. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's the best of British, really. McManus being a, a complete bastard, and and you know putting over kung fu in the process. Daddy and Haystacks, you you can't argue against. You know, I know Haystacks didn't do a lot, but you know that that would have been a spectacle in itself. But even, he, he, even, the thing is, he didn't do a lot, but he did everything he had to do to get that crowd yeah. exactly where they they, want, they wanted them to be. 
yeah, he's put the work in previously to get to that point where they are just happy to see him fuck off. Yeah. And get and get his and get his comeuppance. And then Jim Brakes versus Steve Gray. Just wow. <laughs> you could chuck that match on anywhere now. And I really do think there's there's a, a market for it and a growing market for it. Yeah. I, I think that stands head and shoulders above almost anything that's been put into you know the mainstream American companies. And I include Impact in that, because, and I'm a massive Impact fan, massive Impact advocate, but they aren't doing anything like that. The closest we get is probably the NXT Heritage Cup matches. It's just just exquisite. Like the, I mean, that last match we watched was 27 minutes long, and like 20 minutes plus of that was just one guy working another guy's elbow and using it to his advantage and making it work, and and telling a story with just working on that one body part. His finisher uses that body part, so why wouldn't he focus on that the whole time? Why wouldn't you make that the story to match with some dirty cheating in between? Mm-hmm. It's it's simple, but that's why it's brilliant because it's simple and they keep it simple. They don't overcomplicate, and you don't have to keep track of all this random stuff. You don't have a guy working a body for ten minutes and then doing a finisher on somebody's legs. It, it just it all makes sense and works brilliantly. Yeah, I'm I'm sad that this is the end of our first sort of unstacking the datatory series. And, yeah. and I, I really we're, we're going to do some more stuff in between, and I'm I'm going to enjoy it. But I can't wait to get back to this. Yeah, I mean, effect, effectively, this this is like a pay per view, albeit you know less than an hour mm. long. You know, the, this is the big show that they were they were building up to. But uh, they knocked it out of the park. You know, you, you've got the the legend of McManus versus the you know the the up and comer fast kung fu. You've got the Kendo Nagasaki. Razamataz to come into that. You, you've got the sports entertainment, Daddy Haystack stuff, and you've got that Jim Greggs, Steve Gray match, which you know I honestly think would stack up against any match you care to throw against it. Yeah, it's up there. It really is up there. Yeah. yeah if if you if 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 you could find me a, a modern day promotion that could do even half of that stuff, it'd be my new favourite thing. It's just just brilliant yeah so yeah i i think uh world, world of sports uh, in 1978 knocked it out of the park i really do and yeah. i hope that you know any of the other cup finals that we're going to cover or, or any of the uh dale martin uh, spectaculars that we're going to cover uh, on the road so wembley 81 and possibly even further on can can stack up to that yeah so 78 set a high bar it's, it's the, yeah, that's the benchmark. Yeah. Oh, that's been fun. Superb. So, where can people find you, Tack? I'm uh, at Tack Brown on uh, X, formerly Twitter. Tack with two C's because that's how I do things. And uh, if you're in Coventry and you fancy a beer, come to the town crier. Tell them UTT sent you and we'll look after you. <laughs> Get out, you bard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Special special deal on for UTT customers. <laughs> Buy two pints and pay for both of them. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. If you, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at DanGriffin21, uh, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. 
if you want to hear me uh, more of me talking about stuff, head over to SGP World Media, where I do the Doctor Who pod with Cy Powell, talking about Doctor Who, funnily enough, uh, one episode or serial per Doctor per series. And I do the alternative football commentary on the volley with my strike partners, the magnificent Matt Lewis and Connor from Connor Knows Footy. Superb, some really quality stuff over there, so people should get involved. Thank um, you. On the same channel that listens to this, if you go back in the archives, you can hear the One Man's Meat show with Danny. That's got a struggle on the real Chris Bellis, and they were going through the forgotten storylines of wrestling. Wrestlers might not get that much love, that kind of thing. We're on a little bit of a hiatus at the moment, but uh, well worth checking out. At time of recording, we're on a little bit of hiatus with the main show, as we like to have a, a few in the bank, but uh, we will be back covering the first and last of wrestling. So, yeah, you can go and check out those out in the archives. Um, but, yeah, I'm really worth checking out if I do say so myself. And we did previously have another side project on Booking the Tankatory, where we covered the life and times of legitimately the hardest man that ever lived, one David Tank Abbott. And if you go to the Twitter for that, at UTC Tank, you can get some hashtag tank facts. Because we will never let them die. No. Such as, they say sharks have to keep moving or they'll die. The real reason they keep moving is they're trying to avoid Tank Abbott. <laughs> it's true. He regards them as sushi. <laughs> Tank Abbott doesn't use Google to answer questions. Tank Abbott already knows the answers. Yeah, Google uses Tank. And Tank Abbott doesn't believe in no-win scenarios. For himself. <laughs> I've, uh, I've actually found a, uh, a Tank Abbott fact online as well, just in case you wanted one more. Oh, yeah, yeah. go for it. Superman owns a pair of Tank Abbott underpants. <laughs> yeah, this is actually true. Uh, that was written into the uh, the direct the sort of editor uh, the the creator's uh, version of the very first Superman comic. There you go. Superb, loving your work there, Ty. <laughs> um, so, so, as much as we're loving uh, the nineteen seventies, we are going to uh, get back to the putting green, aren't we, Dan? Yes, we are. <laughs> we're going from classic. World of sport, proper competition. It's a more sporting competition, but in a more modern context. Yeah, so we, we have the BTA Gator Golf Series where uh, AEW stars fought out in real sporting competition playing Gator Golf to win to be in the Elite Championship. But uh, season two, Clubhouse Games, they're going to be playing all sorts of uh, uh, sporting competition to uh, determine who will be able to unseat. Trent Beretta as the uh, reigning and defending, being the elite champion. I'm looking forward to the madness. Yeah, it, it's going to be insane. So, yeah, uh, UTT putting is coming back for season two. Can't wait. Let's do it. I can't wait to get irrationally angry about random games. Yeah, uh, and then get back out of the way and get on the road to Wembley 79. <laughs> yeah, more importantly. <laughs> Superb. Well, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Well, I'm on my way to heaven. We shall not be moved. On our way to heaven. We shall not be moved. Just like a tree. Blood standing by the water side. We shall not be moved. We shall not. We shall not. Just like a tree that's standing by the waterside, we shall not be 
Stand by.